it's also it's got to be tough in Door County because it's like you open one door and it's like, all right, where do we go now? What do we do now? So it's it's only a one door county, right? You guys are very rude. Okay, three doors down. <laughs> it's a garage door for starters. What door is represents best represents Door County, huh? It's particle board with veneer on the outside. That is the door representing Door County. What is particle board? Particle board is it's fake wood. It's you know what they make um, cabinets or tables out of that are. It's not wood. It's cheaper. It's it's how people buy cheap stuff online. So it's particle board, but the veneer on top makes it look like wood. You know what I'm saying? Learn something new every day. So is that a jab at... Now I'm back in the mix because it sounds like we're taking a jab at Door County. (laughs) Now we're calling Door County uh, a facade. I don't know how I feel about that. Welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellows. Well, welcome to Footy Fellows, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer. We're going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. This week's episode is brought to you by Horse Hall, your trusted moving partner. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram at footyfellaspod, on Instagram, F-O-O-T-Y, fellaspod. We've officially launched our fr- first, <laughs> it's a real tongue twister, bear with me, our first Footy Fellas Fantasy Premier League, where you can join our FOF community and possibly win money, all for a free entry. Definitely want to check that out. We're also very pumped about our sponsor for the league, Clubhouse Athletic, where you can get custom team apparel and masks, so check them out. You can find all those details on the Instagram or Twitter at FootyFellasPod. Who's getting a little little excited for Fantasy Premier League to start up in two weeks? Uh, I'm a little daunted. I don't think uh, I have any idea what team I want to put together. I don't know who's going to be ready and when. I know that some teams, uh, like like United, for example, it's all I really care about. Will <laughs> that's not true. Like They're going to be delayed in when they play, so that means you know what players do I want on my team. Do I even know if United has all the players it's going to have for the season yet? No. Um, do you know what the starting lineups are going to look like for teams? No. I'm excited because it's uncertain, but I am not excited that I don't. I don't. I don't have a team yet. I, don't, I hope you guys have some better strategy and can help me figure this out. But right now, I don't know what my lineups going to look like at all. Yeah, I second um, what you're saying there. I I think it, it's kind of a dark hole going into this season. It's crazy that the season just ended. And now we got to hop right back into it. I'm pumped. I love fantasy. But like you said, the reshuffle is, is, you know, I don't even, I haven't even wrapped my mind around a reshuffle. It's obviously not over yet. But, you know, one player in particular, which we will talk more about, you know, Marcus Alonso. I like him. I think he's a good defensive back. Uh, I think he did pretty well in the fan, in, for fantasy, but it would not be a wise choice to pick him going into this season. And we will tell you more. In just a bit. I see. This is your second official season. Is that right? Last year was the first time you did Fantasy Premier League for real? Correct. Yes. Would you say you are now the biggest FPL guy in the world or second? <laughs> or second. Those are his two options. Yeah, or biggest, biggest. There's, no second biggest. there's no other. 
Well, when when the fantasy season begins, I think about it all day. So I'm I'm a pretty big fan. No, it, it's really fun. Um, I definitely have learned my lesson. No thanks to you, Jones, for using <laughs> the, uh, you know, whatever those power packs are, whatever they call them. I don't even know. Hits. Your chips. Your chips. Chips. Your chips. That's fish what and chips. The crisps, Matt. You didn't even use the fish last year either. That was your biggest downfall. Uh-huh. <laughs> Only the chips. Like Just H- the chips. HP sauce. <laughs> yeah, so it'll, it'll be fun. And interesting, you know, I think – I wish I had written down lessons learned throughout the season because I think I'm going to forget some, but it's important to pick solid players early or at least get lucky with picking players that do well, because then you don't have to, it really kind of sucks trading and doing, doing some transfers and potentially having to spend money mid season. I still haven't figured out what the exact right time to use the wild card chip i think if you're really into it you're probably plotting out everyone's schedule and figuring yeah. out the the week or two when the whole team either either you're really struggling you just need to make a change now that you're you're thinking putting yourself in the actual manager's position of this team your team's really struggling you made a couple of bad choices or a couple injuries befell you and you decide you need to totally change up the team or you're trying to play ultimate strategist looking at the schedule, thinking these next three weeks aren't great for everyone. Why don't I totally change up the team and pick guys that are going to have some give me games where I think they're going to rack up points. So I'm same page as you. I see. I haven't exactly figured out the optimal time usage of the chips or making certain transfers, but I'm extremely excited for the upcoming year to battle it out against a lot of the footy fellas community, which is excited. Seeing a lot of people join the league already. Oh, nice. What are we at already? We're uh... at least 16 or 17. And that's just, that's a day in after the announcement. So very, very exciting. Call it the, uh, the fantasy, the footy fellows fantasy count right now. FFF count. Count. (laughs) Before we get too deep into fantasy and just taking a look at transfers that have already gone down, what's happening this summer as we lead up to the league. We need to talk about what happened in the past, and that was each of us taking many vacations, many trips to different places, socially distanced, of course, and I want to put you guys in the spot and do a little bit of high and low, high lows. Everyone everyone knows what it is. They have some variation of this. So uh, last week, well, two weeks ago, I went to Colorado up by Steamboat Springs up in the mountains. Went with my fiance and her family, and it was a great trip. We spent time on a ranch for the week. Uh, the best moment for me, the best experience was cattle driving. I had no prior experience what this is for those who don't know. There were 10 of us on horseback, and we had to steer about eight cows, cattle, uh, into various areas um, that were given to us by wranglers who were helping us as well so that was really fun uh some teamwork involved actually if you play soccer you there's kind of uh, some soccer concepts of you don't want the cows to split between the horses split the gap a little through ball action so that was fun um cow like, what, are you, what are you talking about and you're like no <laughs> no through ball no he's, <laughs> off yeah, he's off sides. Off sides. move him up move him up <laughs> out of the box <laughs> so that was fun and we most, a lot of uh, 
uh, Maddie and her sisters had played soccer. So we, uh, we had some fun uh, talking soccer during the cattle drive. Um, and then the, I mean, there wasn't really a low point during that week. It was so much fun. Um, I guess the temperature was 95 plus every day. So it got, it was toasty, but like everyone says, it's a dry heat, low humidity. So it wasn't terrible. Um, and it really wasn't terrible, but it was hot. I mean, 95 plus is, is toasty. That, um, that, that heat problem, uh, was, was similarly felt when I went camping, uh, this past week, went up to Door County, Wisconsin, the family spot, uh, and we camp out in a, in Peninsula State Park. And it's, it's a little, it's closer to glamping, I'd say, than camping proper and that we have a pop-up tent. So then you hitch on your, your car. We picked it up at a, at a, like a RV place, hitch it on, bring it over, crank it open, has like two separate beds in it, has like a little sink area and little seating. It's, it's a nice thing. Um, but similarly, it was just very, very hot. And, um, and again, it's all relative in Wisconsin, hot was like, you know, low 80s, which is not bad. That's gorgeous, especially when we're doing activities all day long. But at night, it's a little, that's a little hot when it doesn't get below like 77 or something. And uh, there's no real wind blowing through. It's, and then the bedding's like not as comfortable as you'd like. So, I mean, if that was our worst part, then, then so be it. You know, that's really not bad at all. I think the best part, um, you know, there's so many nice little, uh, meaningful locations in indoor County for us. Um, but, but I think end of the day, um, being away from the connected world was, was really such a nice feeling to have. I feel like we've been cooped up for the past, however many months with, with COVID. Um, and it's been nice to just be out and doing things and active and not glued to, or tethered, should I say, to my Wi-Fi or um, data services, and um, being able to just make fires and hang out—I think that was a nice, nice experience. I agree with you. I think all of us got a little disconnected for a while in a, in a, a positive way. I also had a similar trip, shorter time span. Went with the girlfriend up to Michigan. We went the Airbnb route for just two, three days, and hit the beach. Little little bit of hiking, if you can even really call it that, kind of in the the dunes, the Indiana Dunes area, which I didn't know there because we're in we're in Illinois, where there Illinois, we're in Illinois where there's nothing, mm-hmm. there's no altitude. The hiking options are all just kind of flat, somewhat man made. You know, you're hiking upstairs; it's not even really hiking. You're just kind of walking around nature, which is nice. But there was at least some height to these dunes, which made me think that's cool that these are an hour away from us or an hour plus away from us. And there's some real hiking. So that was probably the high for me was doing some of that and just getting in some beach time away from everyone else, nice and peaceful. And then the low was there's a blueberry farm right next to the Airbnb we're staying at. And we were going to go and it closed two days before we went on our trip. Oh, so when we were doing our initial research a week before, it was open and everything looked happy and dandy. They had all these pictures online of people smiling, picking blueberries, eating the blueberries, you know, the stuff you do at a blueberry farm. No one turned into a blueberry. No one turned into a blueberry. Thank God. Except for Icy. And then we get there and there's none of that because it's not even open. So that was the low, but overall nice trip. It's delightful. Is, is blueberry season just out? Is that what's going on? Don't even know. Yeah, I'm not sure. 
I'm honestly not sure there was no one we could even ask or complain to or just scream at in mm-hmm. general because it was closed and that was the real shame. Right. Do blueberries grow similar to raspberries on kind of thorny plants above ground or are they, I mean, above ground, but they're not like cranberries submerged in water, are they? No, I think it's, I think it's more like raspberries. I don't actually know how raspberries grow, but it's more like the first thing you said where it's above ground. It's kind of, it's bushes, but it's also, you know, not trees. They're probably technically bushes, but they're tall and blueberries grow within them and it has little thorns. Wait, are you telling me you've never picked fresh strawberries off the tree or off whatever the bush, whatever it is? I thought you said raspberries. Or is that the same? Did I say raspberries? Wait, what did I just say? Gosh darn it. I meant raspberries. Whatever I said, ignore me. Raspberries. No, I've I've never actually picked the raspberries officially. Dude, you got to do it. You're missing out, man. You never had a raspberry bush in your backyard? (laughs) (laughs) You never grew a full farm in your backyard, (laughs) sold them to the community, made a profit and had some extra for your own dinner, your own breakfast? Maybe they're just more ubiquitous here in Minnesota. I feel like people just have them in their backyard, just a little raspberry bush. That's really interesting, actually. I'm thinking... That sounds lovely. We we have a berry tree, and I, I think they're like... God, I, I, I could have sworn... So we've had this tree in our backyard, and it like leans into our neighbor's yard. Um, childhood home, that is. And uh, recently... Uh, my mom nodded to the fact that it was like really leaning over there and like there's berries just falling in their yard all the time. Should we take it out? And we consulted them and they're like, no, we're fine. We actually like, you know, the, you know, the, the missus loves, you know, picking and eating. And I could have sworn it was, they said raspberries, but it could have been blackberries. I'm not sure, but looking at them, I was like, oh, those kind of look like little, little raspberries. This is a non sequitur. But Dude. well, it's not. It's kind of related. But like, I think we may have a raspberry tree in our backyard. Dude, that's I don't think that makes sense though. Awesome. <laughs> but you're not sure because your neighbor takes all the berries before you can even <laughs> see what they are. Because they're, they're not in my yard. Because they're technically in there. Uh, oh, they're technically. Well, but no, the tree is the tree in is our yard. yard. But I just the berry, the whole it's like swaying. It's like leaning into their yard. So I don't really like have the access to this tree as much as I could. Look, and this is. I'm sorry, I've wasted everybody's time. But I think. I think. I think I have a lot of raspberries in my yard. Enough about berries. Uh, what else happened in the past week sports-wise? Jones, hit, hit us with a little last week today. I got you. Cue the music. Uh, so, oh, that's a great beat. I love that one. Uh, so, I mean, something we'll talk about a little bit more depth, but you can't ignore the fact that Lionel Messi, the play, the, the greatest player of all time, is uh, looking to potentially leave Barcelona. Um, and that's been dominating the headlines for the past week or so and all podcasts and all news outlets. And it's, it's on like the cover of Forbes, it's everywhere. Um, uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll help dig dig in there a little bit more. And there's some, you know, uh, late breaking updates that came in today um, coming from La Liga itself. So uh, very compelling stuff. So stay tuned if you wanna hear our, our hot or not so hot takes. Um, this also feels like it was almost a month ago at this point just with how many things are going on in the world uh but the champions league final took place we haven't talked about it on the pod i believe um and byron took down psg it was a close game psg had their chances actually um and and likely could have won but byron doing what they do um eked out the 1-0 win with a goal from kingsley coman fun fact a psg youth product so uh it's always ironic to see your finances going against you um, separately, should also talk about the Women's Champions League is taking place today between Wolfsburg and Lyon. 
Um, we can, I, I'm always rooting for the underdogs. So hopefully Wolfsburg is able to keep their momentum and take out the powerhouse Lyon. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll keep you updated on all social media. Um, there was the Community Shield took place also this 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 weekend, um, and Arteta has done it again at Wembley, bringing home another cha- another trophy in his very short stint as an Arsenal manager, taking down Liverpool. Um, they went to PKs. Um, I, I really don't think there's a lot to take out of this game other than um, you know Liverpool is um, you know just they're they're not they're not really trying yet, and it was pretty evident they have a good team, but they're they're just on you know, the back burner. Um, another fun fact, last year, Liverpool lost the Community Shield to City in PKs, and then look what happened. So um, you can you could argue this is all playing in Liverpool's um, favor. Last uh, is uh, that there was the Women's Community Shield also took place, first time since uh, early 2000s, and uh, Chelsea took down uh, City 2-0 with an absolute... Banger of a goal from Millie Bright. You I was going to say, the first event. goal was a wonder goal. Nuts. Unreal. Um, a top 2020 goal already. Um, otherwise, the biggest thing that's going on in the world is it's it's the transfer market's open. Um, and there have been a lot of big ones. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit too. Um, but uh, that's about all that's been going on in the past week. Let me know if I missed anything, fellas. No, sounds good. Thanks for that, Jonesy. Now, did you say that the it's the Women's uh, Champions League final today, or it's just the tournament has begun? The Champions League final. Cool. I think uh, one. I think it's starting like now, unless it's uh, unless yeah. it's like pre-show. No, I think it is starting right now. Awesome. Tune in. Leon has won the last four years straight, I believe. So quite the dynasty. Definitely. I heard, I heard someone say because <laughs> I said dynasty like that. I heard someone say, oh, the podcast we were just listening to, they said finale mm-hmm. instead of finale. Mm-hmm. Does that piss you guys off? Like, it makes me mad. Finale. <laughs> but they didn't say finale. Like, it was some sort of, like, accent on the end or, you, so, you know, you're putting right. it up. They just said, like you'd say the word finale. Yeah. Oh, that's the finale. They just said, oh, it's the finale. Yeah, instead that would kind of hurt the eardrums. I don't know if it'd make me upset, but I would, I would cringe. You'd understand if someone punched a hole in their apartment wall though yeah yeah jones called me about that dude eli you gotta chill dude well here's my thing i see it's brick right he like put his fist through brick and like i can't you can't just coat that over eli are you the freaking hulk dude (laughs) on that note let's give kudos to our sponsor as always wouldn't be possible without them and we'll be back with some transfer talk Moving companies are ubiquitous in cities all over the country. Young people just can't sit still and stay in one place too long. In order to differentiate ourselves from the normal large van moving companies, we had to think outside the box. Not only do we offer a greener way to move, it's simply classier. Instead of hauling your belongings in a huge gas-guzzling truck, we load your belongings in a sleek, wood-paneled, tarp-covered, horse-drawn wagon. And it is pulled by real horses. Now, instead of the industry normal two to four hour inner city moving trip, it'll take one to two days. But you can rest assured you're moving in style. Moving to another state? No problem. It will only take us 30 days to get your stuff there. Giddy up and call us today. You know what I love about this company? They're really dipping. They're taking the whole nostalgia route and they're going, they're going whole hog. They're going all in. 
They're not holding back. They're saying, you know what? You enjoyed the seventies. Great. How, how do you feel about the 1670s? How do you feel right. about, right. let's, let's, let's wind back the times a little bit. And, and I feel like that's really going to stand out. I, I question, I question if they've paid attention much to the Oregon trail and the, 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 the sacrifices there. And, um, but you'd, you'd imagine since then, you know, they probably figured out how to manage dysentery and other, other ailments, um, like that. Nonetheless, this is exciting. Do they do mail? Do we know if they do stuff aside from moving? Uh, they reached out to me last night and only told me about uh, moving. Yeah, this is the only, as far as I know, this is the only part of their business. Is it true that they paid you in a horse? A uh, horse? They did give us a horse each, actually. So I do have three horses here in my house. Um, I am planning and and figuring out the logistics to get you guys your horses. Yeah. You know, what, what timing? I mean, I was a cowboy two weeks ago, at least trying to be one. And, you know, real cowboys and cowgirls hit me up with this company, this moving company. Pretty cool. Is it possible that we could hire the moving company to move the horses down here? Is that is that possible? I may send you guys some uh, furniture and yeah, that'll, that'll handle it all. Do they move livestock? I guess is my question. Is that a... Or is, or is um, yeah, you know, they could. I mean, right. If, if you have, if you own a horse, yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll just throw the horses into the wagon and have other horses take the wagon full of horses to you. Okay. Serious question. Do you have to drive the horses? Like, is it you, you rent mm. them for the day? Mm. And so like, or, or the multiple up to 30 days that it takes to move and you are responsible for the journey of your stuff or someone from a company will take it you'll, you know, drive there in maybe two hours and meet them when they get there, like later that month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the latter. So you, you, <laughs> you, you set it up, you put half down, you know, when they take your stuff and then you get, you pay the other half when they make it there in 30, 30 days after. So, you know, and they're a cool company because they're embracing, you know, green transportation. Uh, the horses are not going to be uh, guzzling gas and emitting all this, all this uh, air pollution. Um, and you know, they're also bringing pe- they're humbling folks who use their service, you know, live for a month without any furniture, get used to it and then be rewarded with your furniture at the end of the month. It's, 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 you know, they, it's a cool company. Not only are they targeting environmentally f- uh, focused and, and conscious folks, but they're also, you know, trying to, trying to really humble people and say, you know, material, material world, uh, <laughs> <laughs> materialism materials things just aren't as important as you might think they are it sounds from a price perspective it sounds like it'd be a great deal until you read the fine print at the bottom and see the additions onto your bill for carrots and apples yep. and hay right and it's like oh my god i just spent an extra ten thousand right. dollars on 40 grams of carrot right <laughs> Like, oh my God, I had no idea. You said it was going to be 20 bucks and all of a sudden I just paid you thousands of dollars to move. Yeah, Eli, I'm going to have to ask you to stop talking immediately because they told me, they told me to not discuss pricing whatsoever. So uh, you're going to have to shut your pie hole. That was their one mandate. All the rest of that, people are going to be so sold. When it comes to pricing, they're not even going to care at that point. They're not even going to care it. They're so excited about it. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, we might use that if we're trying to move and make sure we get our stuff by like 2050. 
for, for especially if we're moving like across the ocean that's like a serious journey that's like a year-long journey yeah you thought it was rough oregon trail style <laughs> you tried fording the goddamn atlantic <laughs> <laughs> lot of players that have forded not only the atlantic Ooh. but the pacific Ooh. and a lot of other bodies of water that i'm not too familiar with around the world and being transferred this offseason so let's start with the possibly the most impactful transfer of this offseason and that is you guessed it tottenham bringing in joe hart mm-hmm. so thank you tottenham brings in joe hart right this wily veteran yep a lot of years in the premier league mm-hmm. what does he get what is he giving them yeah you know how much is he able to bring back now that he's a little later on in his career right well, I mean, what what isn't he bringing him? Um, I can speak for both um, Winter and I and say that we were not blindsided by that being the biggest story um, at all. Uh, Joe Hart is without a doubt a legend um, and a, 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 like a top capped um, Man City player. Um, I think is it's always forgotten. Um, uh, Tottenham Tottenham are playing Tottenham are in a weird realm now where they're you know bringing in players or, or coaching coaches like Mourinho, they've got a top-notch stadium. Um, they're, they're kind of playing this, uh, you know, almost wannabe top four club thing. And they're now bringing in a guy like Joe Hart, this, you know, veteran, but, but his like quality is so far off that he, he's not really even like a backup goalie. Like he's not, he's like, literally you're just bringing in a name to bring in a name. It almost feels like they've got the money in this swagger kind of thing that they're trying to act like a, you know, a city or a Jube or like any other club out there trying to make some moves and splashes. But at the same time, like Joe Hart belongs with like a Burnley, like, like in, as like the backup, you know, or, or even he should just move into coaching. I've re- we've already spent so much time talking about a guy who this is wild, but yeah, Look, I don't want to. Yeah. I, I don't want to uh, isolate and really hit on Tottenham fans to listen to our podcast, but do you guys get the same? When I think of Tottenham, I really think of a bland club. I don't know. No, there's nothing flashy about them. Their coloring is bland from a marketing perspective. They just seem kind of unexciting. Maybe that's just me. I'm kind of, I'm trying to look at this objectively. They just don't seem like an exciting. I don't know what. And besides this transfer, which is bizarre, um, I, they, they're just they're just not really. I feel like they need to do better marketing and they're not really, they're kind of boring as a club, in my opinion. It'll be interesting under Mourinho to see what they look like this upcoming year because he had his downs and then his ups kind of near the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. What's another exciting transfer Messi aside that uh, you want to speak to, I see? Yeah, I got two that I came across on the interwebs. Um, and I know, so Chelsea, I know they've been picking up players left and right. Um, but Chilwell and Tiago Silva have just been signed to Chelsea. And, um, as I said earlier in the pod, you know, I like Marcus Alonso. He's a 29 year old Spanish left back. He's got a rip of a left foot. Um, he had some, a, a couple pretty nice goals and had some good attacking play this last season, but I guess, you know, people aren't big fans of him. And I didn't know this for a while. Um, and Chilwell, he's 23. He's a stud. He's coming from Leicester City. And he's, you know, I'm granted Chilwell, I believe, is 
English. And so in all the reports I've read, uh, everything's praising him and kind of uh, saying, you know, Marcus Alonso, you were great, but uh, your turn to be on the bench. So that'll be exciting. I'm, I'm excited for Chilwell. Uh, and Thiago Silva is also coming from PSG to Chelsea. He's older. He's 35. Um, so I don't know where he's going to fit in. I mean, he's a veteran. He like, brings some experience. So should be interesting. And also, sorry, Jones, just quickly. They're saying Chilwell and Pulisic might uh, develop. Um, it'd be, it could be interesting to see how their relationship grows uh, as two young stars on the team. So that'll be interesting to watch. I know I'll be watching that. I was listening to another um, pod today talking about how Chelsea is very likely to also pull in Kai Havertz, which would you know be ridiculous. Um, but... Uh, the, the Chelsea team that that's kind of put it being put together right now is still absent a goalie. And so, um, you know, what they're kind of cobbling together is a very exciting attacking force. And they've got, you know, Chilwell, yes, a good stalwart in the back and, and Tiago Silva, um, you know, that, that, that veteran presence, but um, still without a goalie, they could be a very entertaining team to watch where if they're going to win games, they're just going to outscore teams, um, which is always fun to, to watch. I don't know if that's necessarily going to win them, um, any silverware per se, but um, uh, is still very exciting. Um, uh, to your point earlier about Tottenham being a little boring of a club, I, I agree in some ways that you know, on the face of it, that's not very divisive, um, and they they play a style of football right now, especially with Mourinho, that's really boring. But they are their colors are white and like yellow. I think of like egg salad when I think of them, so that's how boring they are. But uh, egg salad's great. It's it, keep going. <laughs> It's it's delicious, but I don't get excited about egg salad. Um, Doherty and Hoiberg are new guys they brought into Tottenham, who are you know fairly standard guys who are going to do their the the right work and hard work. But again, it's nothing flashy per se. Um, I think uh, I think United is yet to do anything, which is um, a little frustrating on one hand, but on the other, uh, it means you know if something happens, it's going to happen soon. There's talk of Donny Van de Beek. Uh, Danny Van de Beek, um, and you know potentially always Sancho. So we'll see. Um, I think Arsenal is actually coming out of this to be a very exciting team. Um, they've only really brought in William, but they have a couple guys back from loans: Mkhitaryan, Elneny, and, and Saliba, um, who's a center back. Um, uh, so I, I think out of the mix, yes, Chelsea objectively because they've just splashed the most cash. Of course, they should be the most interesting, but. You know, aside from that, Arsenal looks like a, a team that's building up into a pretty exciting presence. Um, and uh, obviously, we'll see what happens with Man City but um, in their pursuit of uh, that guy from Barcelona. But otherwise, it's, um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a league that Chelsea's, Chelsea's trying to dominate in, in the transfer market. City, even, even without Messi yet, obviously, that would just destroy all the headlines and kill everyone else's transfer news. But City's already made a couple of moves and they're, they're splashing the cash that they probably feel they need to make up the gap that they had with Liverpool last year. They're obviously a top tier team and would be without even making any additional changes. That's just what you get when you have, you know, De Bruyne and Jesus and Ederson and a strong back line and strong, you know, depth on the bench, basically everyone. But they brought in Ake for the back line, another young-ish defender who could make a difference because they probably felt they struggled defensively, whereas they should have let up fewer goals last year. They brought in Ferran Torres, the right winger, 
because they already obviously didn't have enough offensive firepower. And if they brought in Messi, I don't, their team on paper would just be insane. So it is interesting. We'll see what happens with Man City for the rest of the transfer market, but they have already made a couple of moves. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm just doing a quick little little looking at uh, Liverpool transfer news. And um, obviously it's all rumors, a lot of it's rumors, but I'm seeing some interesting stuff. You know, um, the Watford Watford player, uh, Ismail Assar. And I think you guys, well, I know Jones, you remember when I was kind of hyping him up last season, especially during um, fantasy. So I'm, I'm excited to see that he's getting recognized and, and noticed by some bigger clubs. He's He's very good. Um, and then it looks like Sadio Mane, if, you know, Messi leaves, um, Barcelona is very interested. I think they were also interested with Messi. So um, that's very sad. Sadio Mane is my favorite player on Liverpool. So we'd hate to see that. But looks like uh, Jonesy, I don't know if you know, but Thiago from Bayern, uh, kind of that central defensive mid, he's getting looked at by United and Liverpool. So we'll see who gets him. Yeah, there's an interesting... Um rumor mill uh you know so so like the pulse check that i get when i'm looking at the at the transfer market right now is is you know what are all the what are all the big teams doing and how are they jockeying for position and it looks like you know chelsea is willing to splash cash they don't care they're going for it um all the other clubs more or less to a certain extent are trying to um manage their finances in this covid world city's a little bit different they're still spending some money but um, you look at clubs like Liverpool, who really haven't spent a substantial amount of money in a transfer window or two, um, and have spent the most on like Minamino or um, uh, Tmikas, the the Greek uh, defender. Um, so you know, I, I wonder if missing out on a player like Timo Werner means signifies that Liverpool, who very rightly, like should have gotten a Werner. He fits very well in that in that lineup, and at least is a great rotational player in the front three. I question if they're still willing to meet the price tag for Tiago, which I'm hearing is around thirty mil, and um, is notably less than um, is notably less than Werner. But nonetheless, the fact that it hasn't happened yet um, has me slightly worried about it. It's been dragging on for a little while. They've had the Champions League final and whatnot. And then I think anything that comes in with with United in the mix feels like it's either United is like genuinely doing it and they're trying to just beat Liverpool to it because they don't want Liverpool to be any more stronger than they are, um, or it's just a it's just a flat out rumor. Um, well, obviously, well, time will tell. Yeah, shocked to hear that, um, and maybe you know this is a, a thing that the Wolves don't have much say over due to contract contracts being done but uh Adame Traore and um Jimenez it seems like the Wolves and Doherty it, well, I don't know why they're splitting up such a solid team um I don't know I like the Wolves I really did I thought they were my favorite for out of the top six they were actually my, my third favorite to watch so last season I, I'm not sure what they're going to look like this next season if they're really going to trade Adame Traore um I know Jimenez was thinking of going somewhere but I'm not sure if he's actually left, but Doherty, like what, what are they doing? So we'll see. That should be interesting. There's still a couple of big names up in the air for some of those mid-tier clubs like James Rodriguez to Everton. Uh, um, 
more on blanking, but some of the other exciting stars in other leagues around the world that are obviously still in talks and being associated with some of those mid-tier teams, the teams like Wolves who finish from 6th to 14th and who would want to be in contention for Europa League or be right in the top 10 would be a successful year for them. So there's still a lot, a lot to play out uh, yeah. in the transfer window, even as the next season, preseason is underway and a lot of these games have started. Uh, but they would all pale in comparison to any news about Messi. Do we think he's going to go to City? What, what odds would you guys put on him going to City? There's uh, so making sure we're all we're all on the same page with what the latest updates are. Um, this morning, very very early this morning, um, La, La Liga had released a statement saying that um, they actually side with Barcelona mm-hmm. um, and their contention on the contract. So so. Um, and, and Icy can kind of break down the contract details even more, but um, essentially late, latest, latest deal is um, that he legally is not allowed to leave unless someone buys out his release clause. And, um, you know, of course his release clause is absurd. It's $700 million. Um, so while the player does want to leave and he's, 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 he's indicated that he is forcing himself to go. He didn't show up to testing there's a mandatory team COVID testing this morning. He didn't show up. Um, if uh, if he is to leave, the team, whatever team is trying to get him, needs to pay seven hundred million dollars or equivalent to it in players and money, um, which uh, obviously seems ludicrous. And I don't think anyone's ever going to touch that. So this morning, I wake up and I'm thinking he's not going anywhere. But you could hear what you guys think. Yeah. Um, uh kind of piggybacking up what Jones is saying, 700 million is astronomical. Don't think that any team, especially during the pandemic, has the funds for that. Um, but yeah, just a little bit more about the contract, which is interesting. So he, when Messi was working with Barcelona on this contract, I think in 2016, I think it goes from 2016 to 2021. And he pushed for um, this this little bit to be written in it. And this is really the, the, the portion that is going to be legally fought over and really determines if he can leave with a, with zero dollar, uh, you know, a zero dollar uh, release clause or if it's 700 million. And what it says, this particular piece of the contract says, um, right, so Messi has the right to unilaterally sever the contract and leave on free transfer if he notifies Barcelona of his intentions by June 10th. So. June 10th is really the sticking point. The question is, is there a date mentioned in the contract? Because obviously June 10th has come and gone, especially right given the pandemic. And because June 10th, I think normally would be the end of the season. And so what Messi and his side are arguing is that um, really this date or this period just says, really just says the end of the season. And Messi and team and company are arguing that it is now the end of the season because pandemic pushed everything. And so he is totally within the, the right of his contract to officially notify the team saying he wants to leave and he has unilaterally severed it. Totally fine. So that's what the, the whole argument is going to really come down to. Um, but also, you know, there's talk about, for those who don't know, he, he's not a huge fan of the president of Barcelona. There has been public spats between them. So there's rumors that he's doing this to get the president out. Um, but who knows? You know, I I think that he will 
be at Barcelona for this next year. I don't see him leaving. It's going to be against his will. I think he could. It could be, um, I hope not, but it could be an ugly season in the sense that he he's either on the bench or it's some crazy legal battle, which would which would really suck for such a, uh, a wonderful career at Barcelona to end and go out that way. So we'll see. I see. Do you think there's any validity to the idea that he ends up at the ends up in the MLS, whether it's next year or end of his career to finish it off? Yeah, absolutely. I think I actually think Wayne Rooney had said something very recently and he had said, you know, Messi, even considering MLS at this stage in his life is ridiculous. Messi is just way too phenomenal to be in the MLS. I, I do think he'll end up in the MLS, but he'll be in his 40s. If he's in his 30s, there's no way he should go to the MLS. He'll be, this dude could be 55 and still compete in the MLS. Now, okay, okay, that's a dig at the MLS a little, but it's really what I'm trying to say is praising Messi so good. I mean, I think he really could dominate as a very old player in the MLS. No doubt, no doubt. And um, and and uh, and I almost wonder if uh, if there's any other clubs out there. I mean, it comes down to who's willing to pay the price, and it feels like the American league might be willing to pool all the money in together. The MLS yeah. might pool money together to make it happen. And you see, you you look at how leagues work um, uh, to keep or, or or get rid of players. Um, in this instance, look at uh, the willingness of La Liga to step in and argue the contract is um, final in order to maintain they're one of the few remaining global stars they've just lost ronaldo there was a gr- you know great transfer saga with the absence of neymar um you know with with messi on his way out uh, la liga might start to lose some of its grip on um uh, viewership which i don't think is really valuable um business uh to be to be missing out on there are really five teams that are in contention for him city Inter Milan, Juve, United, and (laughs) of course, I'm going to forget this last one, but it it was interesting them talking about the the Italian sides and the Italian league, Serie A, is really trying to get themselves back at the forefront of club soccer. Like they're really just trying to, there's this battle between Italy and Spain, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing. And I'm sensing a little shift. I think La Liga might uh, might drop. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, the Italian league is definitely looking to to become more prominent on the world scale, the world level. So, that is interesting. You get Messi playing with Weston McKinney on Juventus, just overpowered, just overpowering. <laughs> and that Ronaldo guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Ronaldo. Wow. <laughs> That's a trio. That's a that's a uh, big three right there. I, I would, American I would, I would love language. to see Ronaldo and Messi link up on a team. I think it'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. I don't know how effective it would be at all, but I still think it would be cool to watch. Like that's all I care about at this point. Yeah. Does it ruin both of their legacies if they link up and don't win Champions <laughs> League or a major <laughs> tournament? I don't know. Yeah. And conversely, what if they do? Like if they were to win, if they win, that'd like, be like the coolest thing ever right. for all for all the fans. Right. For all fans right. of both players. Oh, of course, the last team I forgot was PSG. Um, to reunite Neymar and Messi. Yeah. Yeah. So Which, it, and Mbappe, that's, that's another. Yeah, that's three. a top three. It's a big three. A lot of possibilities. Sounds like from the legal battle, though, he might end up on Barcelona again next year against as well. I guess we'll have to. 
wait and see, but we'll keep you updated as always. Keep checking on our, our Instagram, Instagram stories on Twitter and here. Keep listening to the pod because we love chatting about this stuff. Going to head into our last game, everybody's favorite, critically acclaimed, Over Under. This week for Over Under, our topic is going to be bread and not like we're get, let's get that bread, like all the kids are saying these days, actual bread that you eat, that you physically eat bread. Okay. And we're also going to stick to the 15-second original rule for Over Under. So mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to keep you guys to it, keep the answers quick. Uh, Icy, we're going to start with you. The first bread that I want to know whether it's over or underrated is sourdough bread. Sourdough bread is underrated. I think uh, the name sour, having sour in the name um, already kind of puts people in a bad place. Uh, It's very underrated. It's very tasty. Nice. Snuck it in there. it, It is tasty. No one can deny that it's tasty unless you don't like it, I guess. Jones. Is rye bread over or underrated? Rye bread is underrated. It's not nearly utilized as much as it could be. It's delicious with a great Reuben. It's uh, it's it's awesome in mostly you know pastrami oriented sandwiches. But nonetheless, um, rye bread is is not utilized nearly nearly enough. The Reuben call is is a strong one. I see. Back to you. Is ciabatta bread over or underrated? Ciabatta is actually overrated. You know, one thing for me specifically is that it. It tears up the roof of my mouth. Similar to Sour Patch Kids. I don't know why it does this, but it does. Overrated. It's not amazing. I like that take, especially when you eat Sour Patch and Ciabatta together. They just both taste oh bad. Oh my God. Just Brutal combo. You guys ever had a Sour Patch Panini on Ciabatta bread? Just the worst. With the cheese melting the little bears. Oh. <laughs> and then the pastrami is like drooping off the sides. The worst. Ciabatta is just, you're just bleeding because all the Ciabatta you're, eat, you're eating. Jones is banana bread over or underrated? Oh man, uh, it's it's rated. It's delicious, and everyone knows it. You're not. There's no. There's no denying it. Um, it becomes severely underrated when you throw chocolate chips in because that's just taking it to another level. It's fair. I respect that. And shout out to your mom. My mom, making, my mom. Shout out to your mom for making great banana bread with chocolate chips. Thanks, AJ. Last two. Icy is Wonder Bread over or underrated? <laughs> Wonder Bread is actually underrated. Gets a bad rep. Um, uh, just gets a bad rep. And it's actually quite good. Your white bread, really soft. It's good sandwich bread. It is good sandwich bread. It is good sandwich bread. Last one, could be good sandwich bread. Could be good alone. I guess I'll leave that up to you, Jones, but I'm a little biased here. Is Raisin Hala over <laughs> or underrated? <laughs> Raisin hala, uh, raisin hala, raisin hala, hala bread is, uh, it's, it's, oh man, what is it? It's, it's underrated. It's under. <laughs> I'm going to, hey, actually, I'm going to take this yeah, one. Yeah, real quick. If you want it. Raisin hala <laughs> is so underrated, especially get the, get the one at Zaro's in the, the grand central station. Take it home, take it home to your kids, take it home to your, your family and just have them break off a slice, break off a piece. It's, it's godlike. It's underrated. So it's overrated, and here's here's my 15 minute reason why. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. I, ac- I accept your. I accept your. Uh, yeah, I just needed to. You get sir, that, get that's that good. One in there. That's that's proper. For the record, rye bread is terrible. All right. Well, that's a terrible take. <laughs> With that in mind. Great over under, as always. 
love getting all of our input on those those quick hits, letting people know what they should be trying and what they should be spitting on, quite literally. Um, that's it. That's it for this week. Little transfer talk, little getting the gang back together after each of our trips. And join our Fantasy Premier League because we're super excited about it. Check out the Instagram, the Twitter for details. It's something that's easy to join. You could win money for free for your free entry. And you're part of a great community where we're going to have some good banter and summary standings, all that throughout the season. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. See ya. I got, I got uh, my boy Preacher was my horse. He was half draft horse, so he was absolutely massive. <laughs> but gentle giant, we got along pretty well.